My title this morning is A New Revelation of Love. And if you asked what messages are on my heart out of all the sermons that I preach, this particular one is probably the closest to my heart as what I really believe is the core that I need to be preaching. So this isn't like an extra message in the corner that I think I ought to preach. This is fundamentally core. And uh, so I'm going to have as a goal to change the way we think about our main goals in life, to change the way we think about our main goals in life. And I've got three things I'm going to be doing. First of all, I want to talk about a new commandment. Second, a new revelation. And third, working it out in practice. So first of all, a new commandment. In John 13, Jesus gave a new commandment, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And uh, this is, uh, you're very familiar with this, I'm sure, and we know that this Jesus came to, to speak about love. Um, just to, to fill out the details in this, we also, we, we get uh, explained by the Apostle Paul how this relates to the old commandment and what he says in Romans 13, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves has another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you might say, well, there's nothing new here, Andrew. Uh, this is uh, Jesus 101 that you're teaching now. I, anybody who knows anything about Christianity, even if they're not a Christian, will know, you know Jesus came to teach love. What's different here? Um, and, well, I want to tell you the problem here with, with what we've been talking about is it can be very abstract. It's just, well, you know, love. It's like the hippie, all we need is love. Uh, Jesus wants us to love. Well, what I want to do this morning is to make it much more concrete. I want to make it much more specific, and I'm going to do that in two ways. First of all, I'm going to talk about the new revelation, which I was mentioning. And then I want to talk about working out in practice in a very specific way. So... I like to talk about one of the most extraordinary truths in the Bible that uh, is not much spoken about. When Jesus died on the cross, we know that Jesus died as a sacrifice for sin. He died in the place of those he loved so that, that we, our sin was borne by him and then we can be free. And so he obtained forgiveness by that sacrifice. We know that that is that's clear. There's lots of scripture on that. But there was another thing that Jesus did when he died on the cross. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 1, where it says something about what Jesus came to earth to do. It says, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the, and the, the exact representation of 
his essence. Jesus is the exact communication of God. He describes exactly what the Father, Son, and the Spirit are, but he reveals it to us. And Jesus, uh, uh, God, of course, is 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 uh, we can we know many things about him he's a god of power and he's got yet he's got compassion he's a god of purity yet he has forgiveness he's a god who's high above all and yet he's close he can be very close to us and be our friend but jesus revealed something new something shocking something almost unbelievable about god what jesus revealed about god was at the very core of the supreme being of the universe is the desire to give himself sacrificially to others, even when the cost is so high. At the core of who it is to be God is to give sacrificially, to give himself, to give his essence. And when Jesus died on the cross, it was a declaration to the universe not of just another aspect of God, but the core of what God is like. This Jesus dying on the cross is who God is. He gives himself for those who are his enemies. He gives himself in love. He pours his very essence out in love. This is who God is, and Jesus was revealing that. This is not just another aspect of God. But this is his very essence, and this is the part that of himself that he most delights in. This is the part he doesn't want to hide this in a corner, but he wants to he wants to declare this that Christ crucified is the ultimate declaration of the character of God. And if we go back to Hebrews, it says, In times past, God revealed himself in different ways through the prophets, but now in his Son, we get the pure, perfect revelation of what God is. And the reason this is often not spoken about is because, quite rightly, we talk about what he accomplished on the cross for us. We talk about his sacrifice for sin. But we mustn't let that side of it detract from the other side of it, which is a revelation. But he didn't just reveal the core of the nature of God. We read, and I don't have the verse here, but we read that he demonstrated perfect obedience. He demonstrated in his life, what it looked like for a human being to obey God, to, to obey the Father. It looked like for a human being to please the Father. That's what he demonstrated. But at this particular point, he was, he was showing us, revealing to us, how what this obedience looked like. So this is kind of a challenge. Now, it's not a new challenge. There, is a, there are other places that we read this. Uh, Love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Uh, be merciful even as your father is merciful. So this is something that was revealed already. And But it's uh, one thing to be kind to a friend or be kind to a stranger, but it's more to be kind to an enemy 
as God was. Jesus embodied this in his life. You can think of when they're arresting him to crucify him and he healed the ear of one of the soldiers who was coming out to arrest him. This love of God is, this, this compassion of God, this loving his enemies is, is why that in some ways it's so easy to become a Christian. The barriers to becoming a Christian are not on our, on, on God's side, but on our side. Because no matter what we have done, God welcomes us. No matter where we've been, the, the story of the lost son that Jesus told is about a son that was so rude to his father, so objectionable, and, and then just wasted his father's money in such a horrific way. And yet the father just welcomed him back with open arms because he decided to go back to the father. And, God welcomes us. If we want to come to him, he welcomes us. And so the, 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 the objection, the, the thing that's blocking people from becoming a Christian is never on God's side. It's on our side. And all you need to do is to come to God and say, I want what you're offering here. I can't do it myself. I need you. And he will accept you. But I'd like to focus on specifically on what this, how this works out for us. And I'm going to give you one more scripture now, and then we're going to look at how this might work out in practice. It's going to be a short message today because I want it to be a very focused message today, and I want this single point to be something that lands on us. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we should lay down our lives for each other. That sums it up pretty well, doesn't it? This is how we know love. So it was a revelation on the cross of what love would look like. And I, I try and picture what this looks like. What this picture is, it's the I that's dying. Now, we're not called upon, generally speaking, to die on a cross for other people. We're not called upon to give our lives even for other people, generally speaking. We, what we're asked to do is much less than that, but the core idea is of self that is die, we die to. It's that I, it's that uh, my agenda, my myself, my goal, being submitted to the needs of the others. Because what, when it comes down to it, what was on the cross there was Jesus dying to all of his self-interest and his own comfort and his own satisfaction for the sake of others and revealing what God is like. And so we follow that not by, you know, by being killed, but by in many, many, often little ways, having ourselves, our own agenda, dying for the sake of someone else. So just to go back to our outline, we've talked about a new commandment. We've talked about this new revelation that Jesus has given us that on the cross, showing what the very heart of God is, and then what it's like to work it out in practice, which we're going to come to now. So I'd like to put this this image back up again. And uh, so there are a number of experiences that I've had, and uh, Anne and I have had, of experiencing the love of other people to us. And uh, I'm just going to just briefly go through some of those and then talk about what we can do. So Anne, can you just come and tell us about uh, when we arrived in Canada and when we set up home here, what we, our experience was? 
I can stand close to you. And I use this microphone. <laughs> um, when we came here, we, or what, once we realized we were going to live here, we rented a house, an empty house, because all our stuff was in England. And the church decided to have a shower for us, a welcome to Canada shower. And so we went to this uh, shower, and there was this room full of stuff. Now, I was really worried before this, because I, I said to my friend, Ruth, I said, oh, no, we're going to get all the stuff that people can't be bothered to take to the dump. <laughs> and she said, this is God who's doing this. Do you think he doesn't know your tastes? And they filled the house for us. We had everything. We had sofa, dining table. We had the kitchen with everything we needed. We had beds. We had bedding. We had, like, everything. And some people said to us, there were little notes on things, and some people said, I couldn't find anything secondhand to give away, but so I just bought you this. It was amazing. Yeah, so God God did a, a, a... Through other Christians, we felt so loved. Um, another point, uh, I was, somebody heard, a Christian heard that I was about to be out of a job. And, uh, uh, he called me up and said he'd heard this and he found work for me and just connected me up with someone else and got a job within a few days. And I felt so loved through this. Um, another time, which is when we were first in Canada, we had a couple of months where we, we were, didn't have anywhere to live. We were homeless. We had two small kids and a family took us in and we lived with them for two months and, uh, they, they cared for us. Um, when we first came to Canada, uh, the, the church we were at had a, a system where, where newcomers, they would pair up with a family in Canada and we were actually paired up with, with Bill Bain's family. And he, um, this was like, so I've known Bill for 33 years <laughs> since we were paired up originally, but they were like our Canadian home family and they kind of looked after us. So we've had some, uh, as a family, we've had some amazing experiences of people loving us. And there are many practical ways that we can love one another, just in material ways we can show love to one another. But that's not what I want to focus on today. What I want to focus on today is something much more simple, something we can practice every day and something we can do with every single person in our lives. And that is the subject of listening. Now, you might say, well, how does this image here relate to listening? Well, I would say that actually the image relates very, very closely to listening. Um, here's a quote. The essence of good listening is suspending our preoccupation with ourselves and entering into the experience of the other person. And it's from a book, The Lost Art of Listening. And he goes on to say, essentially, real listening is dying to yourself. Real listening is dying to yourself. You know, have you had the experience you're listening to somebody and your mind's thinking about what you're going to say? And what am I going to say when they stop talking? Oh, I've got a really cool story I could put in here. Well, he says, of course, suspending your needs in order to listen means more than just allowing the other person time to talk. It doesn't mean just letting a certain amount of time elapse while that person has his say, only to leap in with your own agenda when he's finished. Now, I sure you all know what I'm talking about because you are all human. And when we're having a conversation, we've got the next thing we're going to say coming up in our mind. And 
Now, I've got, this has reminded me of something, and it would be so cool to say this, this fits in well with what they're saying, and, and this is going on in our minds, and we're, we're playing, and actually, we're not even listening to them, we're just waiting for them to stop so we can tell our story. But our story might not serve them, our story might actually be something just to impress them with how we've had an experience like that, or we've done something, and actually... What we need to do at this point, and this is what I'm going to challenge you to do, is to say, what will serve this person best in this conversation? Am I truly dying to my own desires in this conversation? It's okay if you never tell any of your stories. It's okay if you do what serves them best. Uh, you may not ever give them any of your wise advice, you know, your words of wisdom that will get them out of the problem they're in. No, they may just need to know that somebody cares enough about them to listen to them. That's all they may need to know. But uh, there may be a number of things that they need, but the problem is that in our conversations, often the I is not dying. The I is there, and we want to, you know, we have our own agenda in that conversation. So what I'm calling you to now is that your self would die in your conversations to others. That means that doesn't, I'm not talking about we never talk about our own needs. There are times when we need to express needs to people and there's a time for that. But I'm talking about times when you're trying to serve another person in a conversation. I want you to be, to have mentally this idea. Am I dying in this? Am I like Jesus on the cross who's saying, my own needs, I'm going to suspend for now. I'm just going to do that, and this is going to be all about you. And I'm going to ask myself as you're talking, how can I best serve this person? How can I best uh, lift them up and, and do what they need, do what I need to do for them? Am I truly dying to my own desires? I want to tell you, I, I, I try and do this, and this is very hard. Because I, you know, there's always things coming to my mind. Oh, I've got a really cool story that could fit in there. I've got a neat, and it's so hard. And I, and I, and I do this very imperfectly myself. But I, I'm convinced that this is such an important thing in the way that we show love to one another. Because when you really listen to somebody, what are you saying to them? You're saying to them, you're a valuable person. You're saying to them, you are, you are so important that I'm actually going to suspend my own needs and listen to you because you are important. And they'll realize that. that people notice when in your conversation it's about them and not about you. They may not like notice it in terms of uh, expressing it, but underlying, they will get, they will feel it. They will feel that they're loved. And so there are many things I could talk about this morning about how we express love. But the advantage of this one is it's so simple. It's so easy for everyone to do it here today. And you can be doing it all the time. There's not a day goes by usually that you don't have some kind of conversation. So I want to challenge you to take that image of the, the dying to self and remember that in your conversations today and for this week. It's so important that we understand that we're doing this because it's at the very core of God. I'm going to end with one of the the, uh, most important passages on the subject in 1 John 4. And this is saying essentially what I've been saying up to now in a, a clear and remarkable way. Beloved, 
Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. You know, somebody who's, uh, you're looking at somebody, you can see aspects of their parent in them because it comes through the DNA. Dan, is Dan gone out of the room now? Oh, he's there at the back. Oh, I was hoping he wouldn't be here. But anyway, when he was, when he was uh, speaking yesterday, uh, he was speaking, and I could just hear little echoes of Bruce coming through in him. And, you know, he can't help that because, you know, he looks like Bruce, no matter how much he wants to or doesn't want to. He's, cause he's got Bruce's DNA in him. That's who we are. And what this verse is saying is if we're born of God, we have God's DNA. And so it is in you to love. Like you don't have to, you don't have to bring this in from outside. What you have to do is to awake that part of you. It's already there. You've been born of God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This is like a test of whether you have God's DNA. In this, the love of God was revealed among us that God sent his only son into the world that we may live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we also should love one another. So how do we do this? We do it through the, the God living within us. If you are a believer, the life of God is within you. And you, you don't have to work this love up and kind of bring it up out of nowhere. It's in you. The sign, it's the sign that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, that we're showing this, this fruit in our lives. And he loves to love. So what you have to do is just to walk in the spirit that's in you. You have to walk that out. You have to, to, to say, you know, God, what is it that you want me to do? And allow that to walk out in your life. Allow it to happen. We have a choice. We also have the DNA of the flesh. We have the old DNA within us. And we have a choice. Are we walking in the old or are we walking in the new? And every moment of our life is that choice. Am I going to walk in the old or am I going to walk in the new? And what I'm trying to do this morning is to, to paint a picture of what walking in the new looks like so you can recognize it. So when you make a choice about how you're going to spend the next few moments, you'll say, ah, that's what the new looks like. It's when I'm dying to self and I'm giving myself to others. So I'd like to conclude, and maybe the worship team could come up now as I bring these last few points. I want to conclude by challenging you. Is the main goal of your life to be a person who loves? Now, that kind of shocking because we don't usually make that the goal of our life. I'm going to do great things for God. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to save the world. I'm going to end world hunger and world poverty. And I'm going to bring thousands to Christ. Actually, those are great things. But God's main agenda for you, in fact, his only goal for you is to you to be Christ-like. And your goal is to be a person who loves. And so love and be God-like. And I want to say, if God is in you, he will want to show himself in this way, so allow him to. What can I do right now to show your love? So I'm going to leave this with you. You're going to have lots of opportunities afterwards when we have coffee, and I want to um, 
leave this with you and give you the opportunity to put this into practice through God's strength. So let's just close in prayer, shall we? Father, thank you for this love that you've shown to us. And Lord, thank you that love is at your core. And what it means to be God is to be is to love. Lord, we are astounded to hear that. And pray, Lord, that you will make us a people who so love that others look at us and they see God. They see our Father when they see us. And help us, Lord, practically in our conversations, in every time we interact with people, to die to our own agenda that they may know your love. In Jesus' name, amen.